This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out The Rope Trainer today. That's theropetrainer.com. Special thanks, as always, to Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and, of course, the Hall of Famer John Smoltz as they continue with their pursuit to assist these young arms stay healthy. And at the end of the day, I think that's what we all want. That's why I appreciate Earl and his passion. Um, he's assembled a tremendous team, and that's why I encourage you to check out the ropetrainer.com today. Um, excited about the show today, only from a standpoint of I get to talk about something that I've been um, anticipating for about a month, month and a half now. And um, I was able to institute that's a bad word. I was able to put something in motion last night that I've been anxious to do. Um, I. I <laughs> I've enjoyed my coaching career. I've enjoyed my time off career as I've like, I'm some professional coach, my own coaching, you know, time of, of what I've done. I, I enjoyed it, but I did enjoy the last couple of years taking some time away and just being a dad and enjoying baseball. But, um, I think I'd mentioned on the show that I was asked to coach the, uh, the high school fall team here where we're from. And, and, you know, that included my son, um, you know, a lot of the kids that I've coached over the years as they now are becoming young men. And I was looking forward to it because I, I have a special take, as I mentioned on the show before, about fall baseball and what I think it should be about. And, you know, when I decided to do it, I, um, you know, and again, it was a great opportunity. How could I say no to that opportunity? Um, I thought about what I would want to do because, you know, there's some autonomy there. I mean, it isn't like, okay, that's the, these are all the high school kids and this is what we want. That's just not how it works. It's really more of a, hey, you know, get these kids together, play a little fall ball, you know, and, and I think, you know, you get entrusted to do something like this. You know, you have to take it serious as I think all people should. But, you know, I, I think you can implement some things that you see. And one of those things for me was, as I told the kids last night, we had our first practice and I told them, and by the way, I'm hurting today like you wouldn't believe. Isn't that a shame? to to be out of rhythm and go walk around on a turf field for a couple hours and today feel like somebody hit me across the knees with a with a ball ball bat but um you know for me it's funny as i've watched these kids as they've gotten to high school the last couple years um some of the things especially with the game that i've noticed that have changed and you know again and i use the term cage warrior showcase player things like that as I mentioned, we talk all the time about exit speed and launch angle and velocity and da-da-da-da-da. And, yes, and we do talk about speed being important. Absolutely. Speed's important. We do talk about that. You know, but typically a guy shows up and he runs like a track star, right? The one skill for me that could be so much better is base running. We see a lot of good base runners that aren't blazing fast. Now, as I've mentioned numerous times on the show before, if you're going to be a next-level baseball player, okay, you've got to have some sort of, of, of skill, right? Like there's a level of baseball for, for all types of players out there as long as they can play. 
and especially if you have grades. We've talked about that too. Now, when schools are recruiting you, depending on the type of school, they look at a lot of numbers, right? And I've mentioned this too, you know, I look how, you know, what's his exit speed? Because that tells them a lot about you and your ability to probably compete at their level, which is fine. Now, if you have a top-end skill, I mean, if you're a 100-mile-an-hour-off-the-bat guy, if you're a power hitter, if you're a six-foot-three slick fielding shortstop that can, you know, all these things, you know, if you throw well, if you, you know, if you're a 90-mile-an-hour guy, you know, if you're a sub, you know, if, if, if you're in the sixes and your 60-yard dash, those are all things where people are going to say, okay, I'm going to go watch him play and see if I think he's good enough to play for us, Okay. Now, for the remaining whatever it is, you know, and, and again, we're talking about top-level competition. For the remaining whatever it is, 80% of the kids out there that are just good players and don't have the measurables that that top 20% probably have, okay, well, what do they look for? Well, they're the same too, I mean, right? I mean, they want the what I would call every school then wants the best of the rest, right? Okay. So look at it and say to yourself, okay, what is it I do? What is it I do well? You know, you know, you've got good defenders, you've got good hitters. Some of these things always come with a but, 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 right? Like you've got a well, you know, here I'll, I'll use my son, okay, good fielder, but not a very good hitter right now. Does he project? Well, I mean, he looks like he might hit someday. Um, he needs to do this and that. You know, here's the thing about him. It would, I think his outlook, and again, this is my challenge to him, right? He's going to be a junior this year. This is a big year for him, is to become a better base runner. Because then all of a sudden it's like really good defender, really good base runner. Uh, I think with some maturity could get faster and become a better hitter. See how that sentence changed? That, I mean, th but that could change for a lot of people. And the problem is I don't think we work on it. Now, people are going to go, oh, yes, we do. And it's like, do you? I mean, I watch guys. I watch teams, especially when you get to the organized level, okay, at high school. I see guys hit, take BP. This group takes BP. And when they're done taking BP, they go out and they run the bases, right? Secondary leads, steal leads, uh, stuff like that. Get a jump off the bat. And they basically just go through the motions, okay? Now, I know that schools do do base running, but here's the thing. You as a young player, you as a young coach, you as a guy coaching young players, think about all the time that you spend hitting. Think about all the time that you spend fielding. Think about all the time you spend on arm strength training. Think about all the time you spend on pitching. Think about, do you spend the same amount of time on base running? But yet it is such an important thing. I want you to honestly sit back and think of yourself the number of base running errors that you see on a consistent basis. It's, I mean, being able to see, here's the thing. And this is why I, I, I think it's, a, it's becoming a lost art. Because at a young age, stealing a base is such an easy thing. Right? It just is. I'm, and I'm talking about 99% of the time. I mean, you know, we've all encountered that one team that actually learns at a young age to slide step and has this catcher that's actually advanced, and, you know, it's just not as easy. But the truth of the matter is stealing at a young age has become so easy that it's just like, you know, take a big lead, take off, take some forever to get home. I mean, 
So we don't, I, I just don't know that we work on it. Okay. I mean, yeah. Do we get out there and go, okay, round the base, do this? Yes. But I mean, game scenario, game situations, running with intent. I, I watch Harrison Bader for the St. Louis Cardinals, um, as I've been privileged to do this year as he's gotten called up. And like some others in the big leagues, th- here's a guy that every time he hits a ground ball, he almost beats it out at first base. He never takes one off. He hustles out of the box every time like it's the last game he'll ever play. Do we work on that? Do we work on that? Do we work on how we run? You know, this all stems from my thoughts of how I would do this fall thing. And the number one thing that I said that I was going to do was implement base running as a skill training for this fall baseball team. Because I thought it was a skill they could all get better at, and I also thought it was something that would benefit them as they move forward. Because they can all play. Now, are, are they all great hitters? No. Are they all great defenders? No. Are they all great pitchers? No. But they can all play. Some of them, like I said, some of them are really good defenders and they don't hit that well. A few of them are better hitters than they are defenders. Some of them can really pitch. Some of them don't pitch that much. Good catcher, da, 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 da. But they can all be better base runners because it's something you have to do if you're going to play. So it's something I wanted to do. I attacked it from a different way, and I want to talk about it. First, I want to remind you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com, the things you can do at our website. You can obviously subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. I encourage you to do so. We would appreciate it. Um, The one thing you can do to help our show is do all your Amazon shopping through our website. You simply go to youthbaseballtalk.com. If you're on your mobile device, you scroll all the way down. Click the Amazon banner. It takes you there. You're done with us. doesn't cost you anything extra. We get a very small referral that helps us with our production costs and our producers, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, who we could not do the show without. If you're on your uh, laptop, you'll see, the, uh, you'll see the Amazon a little bit down to the right if you have your ad blocker off. So it would mean a lot to us. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. You're done with us. You go down. It's just like doing normal shopping. But we get the very, very small referral. Um, the binge listening, the, 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 the going back and listening through the catalog of the episodes from years ago, from the people that are finding us still is nothing short of amazing to me. That's the other thing you can do at the website. I appreciate everyone for doing it. Um, again, I, you know, I, it never fails. I get at least one, if not, you know, it's anywhere. I always get at least one, but hell, there's been weeks I've gotten 10, um, people, Hey, I just found your show. I started from the very beginning. I I'm at, and I mean, they're asking me about shows that I did three years ago and I'm, and I'm like, man, I got to go back and, and listen to what they're talking about because you know, I've had some great guests. I've had some unbelievable things going. I thank you all so much for doing that. And I'm glad that you find the, the content as evergreen as we thought it would be. And you can listen to it over and over or when you find it, or if you're new to the show or if you've been a fan of the show and you think, you know what, I think Jim did an episode on this and you go back and find it and listen to it again, whatever. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me and it tells me that we're doing something right. So thank you so much. Um, social media, that's a big, big thing for us as we try to stay in tune with our listeners. We want to know what they want to talk about at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. If you follow us and we can tell from your account that you're involved in this great game of, of youth baseball, amateur baseball, prep baseball, we're going to follow you back because we want to know what's on your mind. Uh, Facebook, that's our big ask. Find us on Facebook. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. Like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends. Uh, it would mean a lot to us. Um, Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk as well. But the big one for us guys is Twitter. So if you can help us by following us on Twitter, it means a lot to us. LineUpMedia.fm, fastest growing podcast company on the planet, now home to the online 
uh, streaming app, Yo Radio, for your listening pleasure. It's a great uh, uh, radio platform. I think you guys will love it. It's exactly what you think it would be, but it's going to have a twist. As it won't be long. A lot of these artists that are going to have stations are going to be able to go live and be able to communicate with you guys at, at, at any given time. And again, I think it's a great way to support what's been a great, great uh, uh, media company for us, and that's Yo Radio. Go to the App Store on your mobile device, download it today. You will love it. Um, again, we're very proud to be a part of it. Um, want to take a second here and hear from one of our uh, one of our contributors, one of our supporters. Uh, going to start this week with my good friend and yours, with uh, Justin Stone, Travis Kerber, the gang up at Elite Baseball. Uh, more and more people telling me that you know EliteBaseball.tv, the wonderful membership online membership platform has helped them immensely both with their coaching training and players in general so let's hear what they have for us this week if you don't have elitebaseball.tv you're doing yourself a disservice just uh, go online today check it out register for it you're going to love it let's see what they have for us elitebaseball.tv training tip of the week take it away boys hey guys little league world series time just around the corner it always makes me think Back to my childhood playing Little League ball. Now, I grew up in southern Illinois. It was farm country, and usually my coaches were whatever farmer wasn't in the field that day. And I think back to some of my own pitfalls as a right-handed hitter, head flying out, looking at my third base coach, and the third base coach replying to me, Justin, keep your head on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Watch the ball. All these things are common things we hear at a Little League diamond in anywhere in America across the country. But there's actually a true and valid coaching point to this. And it has nothing to do with seeing the baseball. In fact, because of the ball is traveling so fast, the, our eye is not fast enough to see the ball back collision. Your eye essentially works at just about the same frame rate as a camera does. About 30 frames per second is what the brain can process. Way too fast to see the ball back collision. So why then are our coaches always telling us, keep your head down on the ball? And the reason is, is posture. I want to keep the bat in a hitting zone for an extended period of time. And young players struggle with this because they lack core strength in order to maintain posture throughout the arc of the swing. And that's the important piece here. Maintain posture throughout the entire arc of the swing. So as I get to a low pitch or a pitch away and I have more tilt with my upper body and torso to this ball, that tilt has to be maintained through the follow through of the swing. Here's what often happens to these youth players and why you often see their head and torso flying out to the third baseline. Well, one, they're out of sequence. They tend to fire from the top. But two, their core isn't strong enough yet to maintain stability of the body in a bent over position. So as they start to tilt to get underneath the baseball and attack from underneath and hit it in the air, they immediately stand upright to get their head stacked over their shoulders, over their hips, and over their feet. This is a very stable position. When I tilt in towards home plate, my head goes in, that requires a lot of oblique strength in order to hold that position through the arc of the swing. So here's what it does to your bat path. When I stand straight up to get the body stacked once again, where I was attacking through the zone and the bat staying behind the ball, as soon as I stand up, you see how the flat finish takes place and the bat takes a left turn right off my front hip. So players cut out of the zone really early and they're hitting in a small window. If I can maintain that posture through the entire arc of the swing, then the bat will stay in the hitting zone through that arc and I have more chances for solid contact. So the old adage of trying to get extension through the ball and keeping my bat on that path has nothing to do with my hands. 
and everything to do with my body posture. So if you watch me just taking my arms and swinging them from side to side, the arc of the swing is always the same as long as I maintain the posture throughout. So here's a low pitch I'm trying to attack underneath, and you'll see the swing descent into the zone will be on the same line that the finish of the swing is. And I don't want to change that line. So if I attack from underneath the ball and stand up, and you see how my hands now cut off my front hip, we've changed the arc, we're hitting in a small window, I'm pulling off the ball, and my third base coach in my small hometown of Robinson, Illinois, is yelling at me in the third base coaching box. So there's something for you, keeping your head on the ball. You're going to hear it in every Little League game that we have upcoming in the next two weeks. But those coaches were right. Keep your head on the ball in order to maintain posture and keep your bat in a bigger hitting zone. Till next time, it's Justin Stone. We'll see you on the field. Great stuff, as always. And again, very proud to be associated with those guys. Um, you know, I, I never want to say anybody's that much better than anybody else at this, but the, the term that I use, as I always do, if you really want to understand how good somebody is, is that they're tied for first. So um, great people out there. Um, and again, uh, I, I appreciate everything everybody does, but there are certain guys out there I find tied for first, and EliteBaseball.TV is definitely one of that group. So um, back to the discussion today. And again, as I mentioned, I'm coaching this fall team. I knew I was going to do this. So I thought, you know what, I'm 48 years old. The knees hurt. The back hurts. Um, you know, while I can very slowly maneuver and demonstrate, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I went and got a kid that I've admired the way that he ran the bases in our program and now has turned it into a division. He's a division one outfielder now. Um, he, you know, he came home to play D1 baseball. He's you know, working here part-time, and I thought, you know what, why not? So I asked him, I said, hey, you want to help out a bunch of kids? He said, absolutely. So he comes out last night, and I mean, it was so it was so refreshing to watch a young man take his craft really seriously. Now, this kid is a good player. He can hit, he can run, he can field, he can throw. He's got a good baseball IQ. He's tough, right, mentally tough, um, loves a game. Not, and I hate to say this, but he's got that toughness you need to play this game, right? Um, got that little bit of swagger, a little bit of attitude. Watching him work with these kids. Now, again, they all know him because he played baseball here, right? So they know who he is. They know his name is on that sign that's now hanging at our home field when, when they finished second at the state tournament a couple of years ago. He broke records that year for, you know, most triples in a season, career triple. I mean, you know, stolen base, he's up there in stolen base. He's got all this stuff going for him. So when these kids walk by and you look at this sign, not only is he listed on there with this unbelievable season average and everything he did, it shows on there that he broke this record for triples. Just a tremendous base runner. So watching him talk to these kids about the small little things that you don't think about, you sit there and go, you know, I watched him have this unbelievable high school career and, you know, I think sometimes you just think, well, yeah, he was fast, right? I think most of us do that. Well, yeah, you know, he was fast. What do you expect? No, it's not just because he was fast. Watching a basically a 19-year-old kid, okay, watching a 19-year-old kid help a bunch of 15- and 16-year-old kids learn how to run the bases better, and while I tried to impart some wisdom from the things that I had saw, which is the things that I wanted him to work on, watching him explain it and the mentality of it was refreshing, to say the least. Now, 
the the downside of that is, is I think back to the team that he was on, and I think back to they had a couple guys that were really good base runners, but then they had some guys that it would have been nicer if they were better. So you wonder, why is it one kid gets it and some people don't? Well, it's like anything else in life. Some people get it and some people don't. But we have to do a better job of making sure that we work with all kids. I sometimes wonder if, you know, we don't work with the kids that are very fast because we don't care or don't worry about it. It's always made me wonder that. But, you know, but this guy, you know, simple things like, hey, when you hit when you lace a ball out of the box into the outfield, don't come back into the line. Start outside and cut your way into the bag so that you can aggressively move towards second base in case there's a bobble or something like that. Don't run in and out, you know. It, it just amazing things like that. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing, too, is stealing bases. Watching him work with them on leads, what they're looking at. You know, I mean, and listening to kids tell him when he asks them, what are you watching on the pitcher? And listening to them give wrong answers at that age was amazing. And I'm sitting there going, God, we had this discussion. I don't know how many times with these very kids for years. And yet here they are at 15 and 16, giving wrong answers. <laughs> we didn't work on it enough, obviously. Right. I, I Again, it was, you know, hey, 15, 16-year-old kids not even knowing for sure what a balk is, right? I mean, again, these are all things that I think we take for granted. You know, get a hit, get on the bases, guy, you know, guy hits ball, player runs. No, it's not like that. Taking an extra base, going from first to third on a base hit, playing the ball in front of you, reacting at third. You know, it tells me where we are because when I see everybody's reaction to guys making outs on the base paths and then blaming it on coaches. Sometimes that tells me right there that people don't even know how it works on a base hit to left field or left center, the runner going from first to third. I hear people going, why didn't he pick up his coach? Cause you don't, that's on you. You pick, you pick up your coach on a ball behind you. I also like this one. Well, why did he send him on a pass ball to home? When a kid gets thrown out, you don't send a guy. He's reacting and he either goes or he doesn't. And if he doesn't, you can't say then go. See, the fact that we don't look at it serious enough because I hear it all the time. This isn't like something I hear every blue moon. I mean, I hear it every day. I hear it every day from fans at the major league level who have children who, you know, play baseball. It kills me. What's Akendo doing sending him? Well, he didn't send him. He went on his own. I don't understand why the third base coach had him go there on that ground ball. Well, that's called a contact play. The third base, it's a play that's put on, and once it's put on, there is no coaching. There is no stay or go. I, it just tells me that we don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't take enough time. You know why? I don't know if we don't think it's exciting, but I got to tell you, a guy going from a, a triple in baseball, a, a, a runner scoring from first on a double, nothing more exciting to me. A guy stealing third, watching the jump, watching the lead. That's another thing. How many guys really pay attention to the pitcher and pick up tendencies? <laughs> the good ones do. You talk to him after a game and say, man, you had man, four stolen bases today. Well, you know what? If you watched him every time – 
he would look, he'd look up, down, up, down every time. So I knew the minute he started his second look down, he was going as soon as his head come down. So I got an extra, an extra little jump. See, the good ones pay attention to that stuff. You ask us, you ask another kid in the same game. And he made it. I don't know. What do you mean? You, and, and the other kid be like, you didn't notice that? Well, then what are you looking at? <laughs> you know, I, it's a lost art to some degree. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still people out there that do it. But base running as a whole could be better across the board. Now, there's certain coaches have different uh, theories and opinions about, about base running. I think they look at the hand they've been dealt, especially the higher the levels that you go once you start getting into organized sports where wins and losses do matter. Well, you know, we don't have the team to be as aggressive on the base paths. Or, you know, we have the team that we want to push it and we want to be aggressive. Or you have a game plan sometimes. You come into a game and coaches that really do their homework and scout and say, here, let's talk about the major leagues. When you play a team with a guy that's playing the outfield that's normally an infielder and he's out there because they're hurting and they have no choice but to put him out there, I guarantee you the the, the pregame is we're going to run on him all day long. It's not Unless it's a no-brainer to stay, we want you to push the envelope. Because, number one, it doesn't even really have anything to do with his arm and how strong it is. Can he make the throw under pressure? A lot of times guys are thrown out because the the, the, the MO or the uh, the the – the mindset is we're going to make them throw us out. And if they do, then we'll tip our cap. But it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. So, again, all this goes into being a better base runner. And is it something that we take for granted as coaches? I think it is. I really do. And I guarantee you, just like me, there's a lot of guys out there going, no, we work on base running. Because I sit here and say, yeah, we worked on base running. But did we really? Number one, did we do it every practice? No, we didn't. But, boy, we hit every practice. We took ground balls every practice. We'd work on base running at the beginning of the year, and then we'd work on it when we felt like we weren't doing it well. Make sense? Well, I ask you, if you want to be good at something, don't you need to work on it all the time? And really work on it. And, again, I'm not complaining. I get it, right? At the high school level and the college level, these guys go out. But, man, I've seen it. I mean, go, the, 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 the phrase going through the motions has never applied more to anything, in my opinion, in watching older kids practice baseball. If there's one thing they go through the motions on a lot, it's running the bases. We've all seen it, right? If, if, you're, if you've been at the high school or above level, the way the things work is they take BP. They're in groups. So you've got a group taking BP. You've got a group in the cage. You've got a group running the bases. You've got a group out there shagging. That's what they do, okay? And typically, after you hit, you go run the bases. The kids from the bases usually come in and go to the outfield. A group from the outfield goes to the cage. That's what happens. That's what. That's how it goes. That group that hits and goes out and run base, runs bases, I, 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 I never see anybody take it like it's the seventh game of the World Series. And if you're really going to do something, that's what you got to do. I guarantee you they didn't get in the cage and swung at 50%. Right? I, again, I, I just, if you want to know who the players are, watch them, watch how they, and that's what we tell these kids all the time. When the kids in the field during that sort of practice routine, watch the one that's playing it like it's a game. You get a lot of guys just standing around, picking up balls, throwing balls, catching balls one handed, doing this, doing that, not running after balls in the gap, not doing anything. Watch the ones that are playing it like it's a game. 
Okay, watch the guys in the cage that are situational hitting and they're hitting balls the other way early in their routines. They start by hitting the ball to the opposite field. Then they start hitting it up the middle. Then they pull some. Then they go gap to gap. Those are the guys that are working on their game, not the guy that gets in there and just starts trying to rifle balls over the fence. Okay, Watch the guy in the cage that's working on the sequential parts of his swing. Because you know why? The people that really matter, that's what they're watching. Watch the kid that goes out and does his base running work and treats it like it's a real game. I promise you, that kid or those kids that are doing it, when people come to watch, those are the kids they're interested in. Hands down. It's a skill like all others. And the smartest thing I did was bring in a guy that was good at it and said, hey, I don't think they understand it. Here's a guy that was able to look these guys in the face and say, it's why I'm a D1 baseball player. Without it, I'm probably not. In fact, he knows he's not. Good player, really good player, and probably not a D1 player if he wasn't such a great base runner with speed. That's how the game works. And it always sounds better coming from a guy that's really doing it rather than somebody telling kids, this is the, this is the, the deal, this is the truth. It isn't that they don't believe us. It's just that for most of them, if this is what they really want to do, listening to a kid that's actually doing what they want to do means more to them. It just does. So don't discount that as an option for you guys out there. If you got a guy, if you got a guy that you think can come in and help you and he's a base runner and that's what he does. Listen, I say it all the time. You know, if if your house is on fire, don't you call the fire department? If you call the police department because your house is on fire, your house is going to burn down. If somebody breaks into your house and you call the fire department, they're not going to be able to help you, right? So if you really want to make people understand how important this is, get some people involved in it that have made it their business to know how important it is. It might be you. Maybe you do know. I know this. I wasn't good enough, obviously, to show them, to make them understand that it's important. So I went a different route. It was the smartest thing I did. There's more than one way to skin a cat with all this, folks. And the reality of it is having a young guy that it's been an important part of his game that can let these kids know if you really want to do this, it was the best thing I did. But the fact remains that no matter what you do, we have, in my opinion, and again, I know that my opinion never applies to 100% of people, but I promise you that on the whole, on the majority, we have not given base running the attention that it deserves and warrants, to be quite honest with you. So I hope you'll add that into your practice regimen. Um, it's just another thing, especially in the fall, that you can really work on because, again, as I've said, I think the fall is really a time to learn and to get better. I hope you guys uh, appreciated that. And um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, as always, you can reach me through all of our social media platforms. And as always, one of the guys that you can reach out to, um, I know you guys uh, love him. I know you love his passion. I know you love what he does is our man, Kurt McNabb, who brings you the rope report each and every week from Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And, of course, uh, theropetrainer.com. John Smoltz sells you. Everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So let's hear what our man, Kurt McNabb, has for us today. Take it away. Jim, I got to get this out of my chest right now before I lose my mind. I can't believe how parent, players and parents fall into this trap every single time. I hear it day in, day out. If you're a player or parent who thinks going to a training facility or a camp to get a quick fix is going to turn you into the player that you want to be, I'm here to tell you right now, wake up and stop wasting your hard-earned money. 
Quick fixes are not sustainable without having the right mindset. If you're a player or a parent who gets what I'm saying, I still want you to keep listening to this, but more importantly, share it with players and parents that you know that are out there living life that way. If this happens to be you, I'm telling you right now, you're never going to be satisfied with anything in baseball or life if you continue to live this way. These are impulse reactions and result in short-term enjoyment or satisfaction. You're always going to be looking for the next quick fix to satisfy your rush. I am telling you though, right now, you do have or you don't have to live your life that way. If we can get you thinking the right way, then everything you do moving forward will be exciting, fun, rewarding, and successful. Getting your mind right is not nearly as hard as you believe it is. We just need to help you learn how to think your way through pitching, catching, hitting, defense, or offense. We can do it all. Our players get this training ingrained. We get it and we ingrain it into your mind. You're going to be able to have success at all the areas of your life and not just your baseball. You'll wake up ready to attack the day with a dirtbag mentality that's unstoppable. If you don't remember the requirements necessary to truly be self-confident, then I'm going to remind you again what they are right now. Now, here we go. No matter what you're doing in regards to baseball or life, you have to have these components. One, everything starts with self-motivation. Self-motivation. If you don't have that self-motivation, and you need to be motivated, you're already beat. If you have self-motivation, then we can move on to requirement number two, and that is becoming self-aware, having self-awareness. Now, the people who get involved in this part of the process, such as us, to help build your self-awareness, that's all the people that are going to be in your trust network. Parents, grandparents, friends, some will be in, some won't be, okay? But without these components, you're going to be lost in the world of what we call roller coaster confidence. One moment you're up, and the next you're down. And what's really bad about living this way is that it attacks your self esteem along with your self confidence. I see it and work with players every single day, helping them correct this problem in order to let them find out what's truly inside of them. This program is an ongoing program for our customers because we know that there's always going to be different challenges in front of you. Our job is to help you navigate through them in a common sense approach that makes you feel empowered and truly self-confident. No quick fixes here, dirtbags. You know it. We're always an email or phone call away from getting your mind right to take complete control of your baseball career, but we can't send the email or make the call for you. That's the self-motivation that you have to have. If you are self-motivated, then you're going to do what's right for you. Our email is info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. There it is. Our email is info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. And you can ask for me, Kirk McNabb. You can ask for Braden McNabb. Or you can ask for Nolan McNabb. And we're going to guarantee we'll reply and we will start the process of getting your mind right and helping you with your baseball journey right now. Now, it's the same as I tell people who are interested in getting the rope trainer or have already got one. 
Yeah, the rope trainer is going to help you. And you know John Smoltz promotes it and Chris Verna. It's got all the qualities and the characteristics of being a proven and tried and true training aid. And it's going to help you warm up properly and efficiently. It's going to force you to throw with your entire body. It's not just for pitchers. It's for every player, and every player should have one in their bag. But just because you have one doesn't mean you're better. You'll need to use it daily, and you're going to feel the difference as well as be a better player. It's not a quick fix training tool. It's not just all of a sudden I buy it and, okay, I'm a pitcher or I'm a better player. No, it doesn't work that way. It comes right back to becoming self-motivated with it and then becoming aware of how it helps you every day. All right? It's your lifelong throwing buddy. It'll help you, but you have to be self-motivated again. Okay? It's your choice, Dirtbags. Do you want the quick fix with a roller coaster confidence result or the lifelong self-confident results? I'm Kirk McNabb, and as always, I want to thank each and every one of you personally for listening in to Youth Baseball Talk and the Rope Report each and every week. Keep sending those highlights of what's happening to you personally, questions that you may have, or simply the thank you notes. It's what drives us to keep going and keep being the best for all of you. Remember, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And until next week, Dirtbags, it's time to get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff as always. And again, I appreciate uh, Kurt McNabb. I appreciate all the gang over at theropetrainer.com. Nobody does it better, folks. Give them an opportunity, theropetrainer.com. Uh, my man, Dirk Dombrowski, everybody loves uh, what he brings to the show. I appreciate uh, my man, Phil Chow, as he's doing a tremendous job with PrecisionImpact.ca. Uh, check him out for your training aids. I'm telling you, the sandballs are still a must-have uh, for all organizations. Don't forget your discount, Youth Baseball Talk, in the coupon discount area. When you check out, you'll receive an additional 10%. And again, that's PrecisionImpact.ca, a very streamlined company that offers you the opportunity to get quality merchandise at quality prices. And again, nobody does it better. I encourage you to check out precisionimpact.ca. Let's see what they have for us this week. Thanks, Jim, and thanks, Youth Baseball Talk, for everything you guys do week after week. It is very appreciated. Uh, On this week's Precision Impact Rundown, I'm going to be talking a little bit about something that I work on throughout the year, but really takes effect towards the end of any season, and that's retention. Um, Really focusing on retaining your players and... um, I had to go back in a lot of my notes to uh, from my internship and from a lot of the stuff that I do with my strength and conditioning players and athletes um, to pull a lot of this stuff because a lot of the stuff I do just subconsciously, but I wanted to get it down on paper uh, and I wanted to share with you guys a couple of points that I really take serious um, in no particular order, but definitely all very important. Um, and one thing that I really pride myself on and that really helps I find retention um, is the environment that the kids and players will be training in in the off season or very much the the environment that you created all season and I think it's really important that the environment appeals to all players you know just not one specific uh, type of player that you have but the environment is enjoyable for everyone that's going to get kids coming back you know season after season month after month and really enjoying where they are um 
And within that environment, you'll see a lot of relationships start to form, um, whether it be with the coaches and the players or obviously with other players or just um, anywhere like that. I think that um, I found this out that that one of the number one reasons that um, adults even will stay in the job that they have, even if they're not really liking it that much. Um, is the relationships they've formed within that company. So, you know, take that a little way a little bit and apply that to your team and make sure that there are relationships being formed within the team. You're going to find that, you know, if a kid didn't have a great season and, you know, it's, you know, maybe thinks that he could be a better player somewhere else. And if, he, but if he has some really strong relationships on the team, he's going to stick around, and that's going to give you that opportunity to work with him more and get to get him on the level that he needs or thinks he should be at um, to be able to find more success. That's going to give you another opportunity to work with a player, and that's always really important. Um, another thing is being transparent with your players. At all times, I think this is something that's uh, overlooked a little bit, and how important it is. And you know, I try to be upfront with my players all the time, and and that's with whether that be the role that they have on the team, whether that's hey, look, you know, you're you're a pitcher only, you know, you don't expect to get a lot of at bats this year. You're you're our bullpen kind of guy, and if they you know embody that role and are okay with the role, you're not going to see a lot of kids at the end of the year, you know complaining about not getting any bats if you're transparent with them um and really upfront i just really think that that's communication is going to be really key with players right um i know you know you're the coach and whatever say goes but i really think it goes a long way with keeping kids in the loop a little bit and giving giving them as much knowledge as you possibly can and, and being transparent with them and just letting them know that this is your role this is or this is the role i want to see you um, fit into and a lot of the time with clarity you'll see a lot of players really uh, head in the right direction and and just not feel like they're blindsided when they didn't get a lot of playing time or when they didn't play a position that they really wanted to and and that works both ways I really think players need to be a little bit transparent with coaches at the very least up front at the beginning of the season as to what their expectations are or what they'd really like to see um, oh I really want to see my swing get a little bit better instead of having the coach focus on whether it's arm strength or whatever have you um also i think being clear with players and parents about what long-term development really is it's it's very difficult these days with kids wanting instant gratification i think it's really important that you are upfront with you know where they are and very well how long it could take for them to you know to be throwing you know as as a younger player for them to be throwing 85 or if it's even possible for them to be throwing 90 what it's going to take you know long term development you're maybe explaining to them that they're going to need to work on strength a lot more you know and that's going to take 2 years um i don't think enough parents and players understand the importance and the difficulty of long-term development. They think that they're going to jump in this program and they're going to get all, get this much better and they're going to be the star player. But you know, some players need to be sat down and explain what long-term development is. And if they can get on board and if they can understand and see what it is you're trying to do, you'll see them stick around for two, three, and give you f- potentially four years of their career to get them to where they need to be. Um, I also think that good programs that retain players um, don't just 
create followers, but they create really good leaders. So a big part of my program, a big part of my coaching philosophy is to create other great leaders amongst the team. Um, and you know that goes hand in hand with the environment that I try and create. And I really believe that one of your goals as a coach should be to create other leaders amongst your ranks. Um, and that'll really build a strong culture and really keep players sticking around and being really excited about the program they're in. Um, I also think that, you know, sometimes players don't really know what it is that they need. Um, and so, you know, you'll get a lot of players, this goes down to transparency a little bit. Um, I think a lot of players don't really understand what it is that they need. And so sometimes sitting down with them and explaining to them some of their weaker points, um, you know, there's a little quote here that I had that really, really resonates with me and makes me kind of chuckle a little bit when I, when I think of how it relates to players is Henry Ford, creator of Ford Company, um, could see that people needed something different despite them maybe not knowing what it is they needed. And he he, he was quoted saying, um, if I was to ask people what they wanted, they would ask for faster horses. You know, he saw the need and the desire and the opportunity to build a vehicle instead. So, you know, if you ask, you know, ask kids what they what they think they need, and nowadays it's, you know, big arm strength, throwing the ball hard, Um you know, that's what they're going to tell you. But a lot of the time, if you're a good coach or if you're really looking past what it is they just want and, you know, what it's what you have to say to them to keep them around, I think really having that foresight to be able to see what kind of skill are they lacking? What is something that you can need to provide them that they might not even know that they need? So that's, that's pretty important. Um, I also think that, you know, having a program – um, I'm not necessarily talking about periodization, but if you have a program and a plan going into your winter, um, it's really important to have a bit of a plan that you can you can sort of um, break your winter up so you're not get, you're not caught sort of flat footed at the end of the winter and not necessarily having taught or coached or developed certain skills. I also think it's really important that you don't just you know you don't just work a program but you train the athlete it's also important that you don't just build these cookie cutter programs or build a program at the end of the year and stick to it you know flawlessly I think players are so unique that some are going to be left behind a little bit and you need to maybe perhaps modify the programs to fit them to get them caught up it's also important that you know kids that are players that have exceeded the programming that you've designed you know you maybe you modify it or build a new one to take into account just how uh, fast and, and the rate they're working at. Um, I also think that something really, really crucial is that make sure that the coaches within your program aren't just doing the minimum of their job. Get the coaches that are willing to spend time to get the best result from each player, every rep, every session. Um, you know, countless times, I'm sure there's a lot of parents, a lot of pl- coaches that have looked around and just, and, you know, just seen a lot of coaches on their phone these, these days or sitting down um, unnecessarily or, or even the body language of coaches because they're tired and not necessarily because they don't want to be there or they're not a good coach. But, you know, it can be pretty tiring sometimes spending 8, 10, 12 hours with kids all day and, and trying to really um, get them motivated. But it's really important to make sure that the coaches within your program want to be there. They're excited to be there and, you know, that they care. I think that's something we uh, we underestimate a little bit and we, we need to make sure that um, the players and parents know that we care. 
Um, you know, a lot of the time, parents don't even care how experienced the coaches are to some extent. Um, because I've seen some really experienced coaches that just don't really care that much. Um, so get some coaches on board that care about the success of your kids. They're going to go home and maybe research a little bit or watch some videos or try and come up with something or, or, or think a little bit deeper into what's going to get this one in particular player back up to where he needs to be. I think that caring goes sometimes further than uh, experience and knowledge. Um, it's also really important, I think, to bring occasionally some new blood or some fresh blood into your program temporarily, whether it be um, a, a guest speaker or a guest coach or maybe even just somebody coming in and you know talking um, about recruitment or maybe a college coach and just have some stuff like that happen. I think um, bringing in some f uh, new faces occasionally, even if it's just temporarily, is something really important. It keeps coaches on their heels. It keeps um, players a little bit stimulated rather than being regurgitated the same sayings, the same cues, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's nice bringing in a coach and he might just say one little thing that resonates with one player, and in my opinion, that's totally worth it. It might be literally the breaking point from where he was a little bit unsure of his future and then having a coach come in, and guess what? Now they're back and they're excited about all the work they're doing all off-season, and they're really excited to get back in the gym and get their get lifting again. You know, that can be pretty stagnant for younger younger players who don't see the benefit. Um, try and collaborate as much as you can with other programs or whether it be other teams or coaches or whatever. I, I really think it's important to, to do this together, you know, whether it be your city or your state or your country. It's really important that we are going to be stronger coaches when we work together. Everyone's out for their own slice of the pie. Um, I really think there's enough pie to go around for everybody. And so with that being said, don't be afraid to reach out to other programs. That doesn't, it's not a, a sign of weakness. It's just you uh, being mindful and, and knowing that collaborating is going to make your players that much better. And that's the key. And that's what's going to help them retain um, and, and, and stick around just a little bit more. Um, and and I, I something that I pride myself on is is not just sticking to the physical side of your off season training and um, and making sure that you express the importance of the mental side of thing. Mentor, mentoring um, younger or older um, uh, players is, is very important. I think it's a crucial side of the game that's very overlooked these days. There's so many, so many physically capable players out there that still aren't getting, you know, a position on a college team or on the professional level. I think the mental side is a big swaying factors for college coaches these days, just because there's so much talent floating around that they've got to sort of narrow something down that's going to set them apart from the next player. And I really believe that the mental side is something that. Um, can give you a huge leg up. So um, that can be done, at the, you know, when you're being transparent at the beginning of the year and just, you know, express to your players um, that this year we're going to be working on a lot of mental sides of things. Um, and I think that, you know, as, as they get mentally stronger, they're going to see the benefit of sticking with you or um, maybe they're going to enjoy the environment a little bit more because feeling mentally strong is 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 actually pretty pretty incredible feeling um, when you have that confidence. Not just you know phys feeling phys physically strong. I think that as a coach, if you can build mental toughness, um, you're going to see a lot of players really loving the environment that you're creating.
And again, again, this list could go on and on and on. And if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, or any any other suggestions for this list, um, I'd love to hear them. The but there's just so many things that can help retain players throughout the year, and I, I think it's really important maybe that coaches sit down and maybe write out what it is that you know they value, and maybe add to that list, and it might add to their coaching value, and it might shift their focus a little bit as to what it is they focus on. And if you're having some retention problems, I think it's really important. Important um, to step back and, and you know assess yourself a little bit as to some of the areas that you could probably work on and maybe go over some of the stuff that I've talked about. Um, if you're doing a really good job, then by all means share share some of the things that's keeping you and allowing you to be uh, have a really good retention. I think, again, if we collaborate together, and that's why I'm such a big fan of youth baseball talk and everything that they do and the, their ability to collaborate with a, a bunch of different programs, um, I think that's what's going to make baseball stronger and, and, and develop some of these kids to become better ball players. Thanks so much. Great stuff as always. And again, I can't thank them enough for being a part of our show. That's precisionimpact.ca. Um, guys, I'm telling you, one of the coolest things, their arm care and throwing uh, stuff to help uh, you know it's one of the most strenuous activities an athlete can endure in any sport proper recovery is vital okay okay you guys have to think about that when we're doing this it's not just throwing the way things have gone they've got the stuff that you need over there okay to do the right thing for these kids all right you want to be proactive you want to increase strength and endurance before injuries happen it's vital get the tools you need to throw like a champion stay injury free all of it delivered to your doorstep at a price you can afford. That's my friends at precisionimpact.ca. Hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. Um, again, uh, my message this week, without fail, is baseball. Okay? Baseball, base running. That's part of baseball. Okay? I know when we say baseball, we think of hit, throw, field. Run always comes last. All right, it's important. It's as important as anything you can imagine when it comes to the game of baseball, folks. Being a better base runner is something all kids can do. It's You do not have to be fast to be a good base runner. A lot of really good base runners run fast. It is a skill just like any other. I want to thank uh, lineupmedia.fm for allowing me to be a part of their wonderful network. And again, proud to be associated with Yo Radio, the new radio online platform where you can listen to tremendous music. You can also be a part of uh, the growth of that new online radio platform. Lots of great things coming down the pike. Download it today for free. You'll enjoy it. Um, again, special thanks to Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, John Smoltz, the Hall of Famer, for being a part of our show. And again, uh, as John Smoltz says, the rope trainer folks, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check it out today. Justin Stone, Travis Curver, EliteBaseball.tv, thank you for your continued support. To my man, Kurt McNabb, with Dirtbag Baseball Nation, as I've always said, there's no doubt in my mind, the guys over at the Rope Trainer couldn't have picked a better guy to do the rope report each week. To Phil and Dirk with Precision Impact, again, um, you know, they deliver the equipment and training that you need to win right to your doorstep at a price you can afford. Join their VIP club for insider training tips and special discounts, guys. You guys are going to love it. Again, that's precisionimpact.ca. For all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. 
Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.